Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Is it time? Let's do this. It's time for Real Golf Radio, the longest-running nationally syndicated golf show in the country. With insights and experience of professional golfer Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper, and the passion and, uh, well, fun of Brian Taylor. Nice. Here they are, the hosts of Real Golf Radio, Brian and Bob. Hey there, and welcome to this week's edition of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor alongside Bob Casper, son of two-time U.S. Open champion Billy Casper. Thanks for joining us as we look back on last week's playing of the 121st United States Open Championship at Torrey Pines. John Rahm with a 67 in the final round, six under par, one shot better than Louis Oosthuizen, and he John Rahm picks up his first major championship at the side of his first PGA Tour win. It was an exciting Sunday for sure, and uh, it was a great event. We're going to welcome in uh, Golf Channel's Rex Hoggard for a little bit of a recap. We'll catch up with America's favorite caddy. And Bob, we're going to have a two-parter with the caddy. we got to talk, obviously, about Torrey Pines and how it shaped up and John Rahm and the way it all went down on Sunday. But as the man that actually created the Greens books for the players on the PGA Tour, I'm anxious to get caddy's thoughts about the PGA Tour uh, ruling that they're going to make them illegal, that they're going to do away with Greens reading books, and what his thoughts are on that. So that's all straight ahead, and we'll continue to cover all of that right here on Real Golf Radio. But first, Bob, uh, your thoughts on what you saw out of John Rahm, who's now once again the number one player in the world. Yes, he is, and uh, he gets his sixth win on the PGA Tour. Um, and, you know, still in his 20s and kind of young. But uh, it was amazing to watch him play coming down the stretch, especially on that back nine. He kept plodding along, making pars, and then, uh, of course, made a uh, a 20, some 24-footer for birdie on 17 and an 18-footer for birdie on 18. Um, but the great thing about what John Rahm was able to do is he went out and won the golf tournament. Um, everybody was was either um, was was pretty much over par in the last six groups, and John Rahm came out of those final six groups shooting two under on the last two holes and uh, ended up winning the golf tournament. Yeah, it was a for, it was shaping up to be one of those just epic battles back and forth, and anyone's tournament to win. And it was shocking, quite frankly, that the best players yeah. in the world who were all right there with a shot to win it on their back nine on Sunday 
just fell apart right and left. I mean, they just dropped off. And it wasn't that they parted the way for John Rahm. He had his own challenges and struggles, but he was the sure. one that emerged um, the most unscathed by what Tory threw at him and that test of winning the, the U.S. Open. And, and he ends up winning by a shot over Louis. So it, it really was interesting. We'll get into all the details coming up next. I'm anxious to get your thoughts, and we'll go through one by one the players and how they did. Rex Hoggard in about 15 minutes as well on this week's edition of Real Golf Radio. For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported, safe to try something new, and to be prepared for what comes next. We develop their swing, but more importantly, their inner strength. Because we know what's inside doesn't just count, it changes the game. Come join us at First Tee. Visit firsttee.org. To get your highest performing tour ball, you need to build it with the highest quality. To get the highest quality, you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints. And to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core, you need unique 3D X-ray. That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. ChromeSoft. This ball really does change everything. There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded the Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. Your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever. Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. Those who know love heading to St. George, Utah for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What if there was a Scottsdale-style golf resort in St. George where you can stay and play? And what if you could own your own residence there? Well, now there is. Introducing Black Desert Resort at Entrada. The second and final chapter of the Entrada Vision offers a full community with exceptional amenities from residential villages, hiking trails through preserved lava flows, spa, world-class dining and shopping, and a Tom Weiskopf Championship Golf Course. It's literally an outdoor paradise that will strengthen family bonds and make lifelong memories. That's life at Black Desert. Find out how you can stake your claim at blackdesertresort.com blackdesertresort.com exclusive real estate opportunities are available now black desert resort at entrada unlike anything you've experienced before Now, back to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on Real Golf Radio. Real Golf Radio. 
All right, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks for joining us. This segment brought to you by Odyssey Golf, who has been the number one putter at 28 consecutive major championships with the KPMG Women's PGA Championship beginning this week and underway. It is the number one putter on tour. Champions choose Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. And uh, it is also the number one putter at the senior players this week at Firestone Country Club. More putters in play. There's 40 Odyssey putters in play, 15 the closest competitor. So uh, it's also number one at the U.S. Open, as we mentioned, that would be included in that 28 straight. But Odyssey doing some great things, putting out some great putters. And uh, John Rahm uh, right there uh, with the uh, with the win. And uh, Callaway, Callaway Golf, uh, who signed him, you know, he, he spent, John spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the golf ball and, and how it was a big reason why he made the change and some of the shots he was able to hit because of the Chrome Soft that he plays. And so, uh, again, if you haven't given it a shot, and a lot of people go, ah, I'm not going to play a soft golf ball well you know what you might be doing yourself a disservice just give it a shot at callawaygolf.com just pick up a sleeve give him a sh- give him a try and see what john rom felt when uh, he decided to make the change all right uh so john rom first major championship victory has 108th pga tour start in his 20th major he picks up the mm-hmm. win he becomes spain's first player to win the U.S. Open. And, Bob, you think about some of the Spanish players and champions that have won major championships. Of course, you got Seve Ballesteros, who won five. Jose Maria Olathebel has got a pair. Both of them Masters wins. Sergio Garcia picked up the Masters a couple years ago. And now you got John Rahm that are joining that group. Uh, I, I mean, Seve... Jose Maria, Sergio, Rom. I mean, that is that's quite a list of champions and winners, uh, not only on the PGA Tour but in the European Tour and on Ryder Cup fame. Um, where 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 do you think the ceiling is for John Rom and and what we uh, are witnessing from him and what might we expect to see in the future? Well, you know, he's a guy that hasn't been on tour um, crazy long. Uh, I think 2017 was his first full year on tour, and he won that that first year at Torrey Pines. So, you know, we're looking at a guy that's been out there four or five years, full years now, um, and, you know, he's he's clipped off a win, at least one win every year. Now he now has a major, um, and he's a guy that, that I think is going to just continue to do what he's doing. Um, moves to number one in the world, um, just I, I, I think the ceiling is his ceiling is unlimited right now uh, as we look at him. But we always say that about young players and what they're able to accomplish. We talked about that with Jordan Spieth when he won a couple times in 2015. Um, we, you know, we've talked about that with Rory, um, with his major championship wins and how many wins he has ha- has now. So um, I, I'm hesitant to give him that much um, uh, of a leeway, but I'll tell you what, with, uh, with the way that he played in the U S open last week and the way that he plays in almost every tournament, right in the mix, um, he's going to be around for quite a while. I get it. You don't want to be the Stephen A Smith that is ready to publicly anoint Devin Booker as the next Kobe Bryant, because he makes a triple double in his first Western conference finals, uh, appearance. But, uh, that said, John Rom possesses all of the tools that you would expect and that you could hang your hopes on for, you know, uh, a stellar career. Uh, He's got size, right? Mm -hmm. He's got talent. Obviously he's very good with the short game and, and his putters is working for him. And and that that's always an interesting part. He's got plenty of distance and 
it's a we're seeing him mature before our eyes to be able to handle these situations. Where in the past, you know, remember uh, Players Championship? Bob was it two years ago, three years ago, and. Yeah. You know, we talked about how his caddy should have just absolutely taken the golf bag away from him and not let him hit the shots. I think it was on, what was it, on 12? On the 11th hole. 11, okay, 11, yeah. Where he just, you know, he just made a complete mess and essentially gave it away because he was so frustrated and and he couldn't handle the moment and his uh, ego slash temper, whatever you want to call it, uh, got in the way. Well, that didn't happen. And Tory provided plenty of opportunities. I mean, Rom slipping on the 13th tee box. You know, that was a, a, a one where he could have got he could have gotten upset. He could have lost his mind a little bit. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all those reasons, while I'm not ready to say he's the next this or that, uh, I do think that you know, having been the number one player in the, before, and now here he goes and wins a, his first major to regain that number one status. That goes against the, the trend that you've so often pointed out of players who, once they reach that uh, top of the, the heap, the milestone, the yellow jacket, they sometimes fade away. They don't like the pressure. Well, you know, Dustin Johnson, um, he's, uh, he's had 43 weeks as a, uh, as a number one in the world. And now Rom jumps into the top. Um, and, you know, uh, he's young. Uh, he's matured a lot in his years on the PGA Tour, and it hasn't been long, as I said. And because of that, um, when it came down to that back nine, the thing that I thought was really, really interested, interesting is that you had all these great players in the all these key roles that we were just waiting for one of them to come along, and it seemed like they were all they were all frantic to start to make a move. And and John Rom with with his maturity or whatever, he just kind of kept plodding along, kept plodding along, and he gave himself a a couple of opportunities in those last two holes, and he was very calm about it. Where the other guys, it seems it's almost seemed like they were pushing way too hard. Well, let's talk about some of those guys while we have a second, Bob. I mean, Louis Oosthuizen, um, you know, he felt like for the longest time that it was it was his that he was the one yeah. that was going to break through, and that all of his experience uh, would 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 prevail. You know, he's been there so many times, he's been runner up so many times, and his golf swing is just a work of art. It's a thing of beauty. I just it it amazes yeah. me, and I tweeted it out as much that you know that I can't believe a guy like Louis Oosthuizen has not won in the United States. It's just it's it's amazing. Now he has six runners up. Uh, what what did you make? of the way that Louis came in. He shot 71. Obviously, he didn't give himself uh, a chance by, especially on 17 when he hit it into the, the, yeah. the hazard there. That was that was really, really uncharacteristic. And obviously, that's that's pressure right there. Yeah, and th- and that's exactly right. Um, everything was going along well uh, for Louis. Yeah, he was in good position. He was at, what, five under par, uh, going to the 17th hole, and he makes... Um, he makes bogey on 17 to drop to four. In the meantime, Rom makes the birdie at 18, um, and then and then Louis makes birdie on the final hole um, to to end up runner up again for the sixth time. Incidentally, he tied Ernie Els, Ben Hogan, Byron Nelson, Gary Player, and Harry Varden as six time runner up finishers in major championships. So, um, anytime you yeah, can drop Harry one... Varden's name, I love it, Bob. Keep bringing yeah. those stats. <laughs> the stylist. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's, 
it was amazing to me to watch him play. He seemed very calm also until he got to, until he got to 17 and he almost tried it looked like he pushed it too hard and uh, because of that um you know that's when that's when he got into trouble and that's when he made that bogey on the 17th hole but Louis Oosthuizen is a phenomenal player a lot of people have said that um you know if it wasn't for him wanting to to be on his farm and buying tractors and that kind of thing. He could be probably the number one player in the world, but it's just not a priority to him. Um, and, you know, phenomenal player, um, has great interest, you know, kind of like Byron Nelson. I was going to say, Nelson, is he the Byron Nelson? Know, had the big ranch, <laughs> cattle ranch in Texas and that kind of thing too. So um, it's it's kind of interesting um, how these guys have different, different lives outside of golf. And, and we all think that that should be their priority, but guess what? You know, they're, they're a person. Um, they have, they have family, they have other interests and, um, you know, Louis Houston is a great player and I'm sure he'll have another possibility to win a major championship once again. Harris, by the way, Louis Oosthuizen also joined, um, Rory McIlroy and Xander Schauffele as having finished top 10, three consecutive U.S. Open championships. So if you're looking for a little prop bet for next year at Brookline, you might want to pick those three to finish top 10. Might be a, a good bet. Harris English with a 68 early in the day, a post three under par, and watched everybody else fall apart, and he gets a third-place finish. Guido Migliozzi, um, is who lost, by the way, to uh, Bland in that playoff, uh, where Bland picked mm-hmm. up his first win on the European Tour that we spent so much time talking about last week. He ends up in a tie for fourth, which by by virtue of everybody else falling apart, gets him into the Masters next year. So congrats to Guido. That's exactly right. Guido's going to Augusta, baby. Uh, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, all there at two under par. We'll talk more about this. We're going to get Rex Hoggard's take on a little bit of a recap as well, and then we'll continue with the rest of the storylines. I'm really anxious to talk, Bob, and get your your thoughts on Xander and Rory and you know some of the other guys that were right there in the mix including just an amazing collapse by Bryson DeChambeau. We'll talk about it all next right here on Real Golf Radio. Hotel Park City, along with the spa and Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, are open. Parents were tired, forced into homeschooling, juggling work at home and kids at home. Well, take a staycation and escape to Hotel Park City. The pool's open, fitness center, bandanas grill, Ruth's Chris, the spa, and the golf course. From suites and the cottages that offer private hot tubs on the balcony and three fireplaces, you got to get away. To Hotel Park City, call 435-940-5077. That's 435-940-5077 for reservations today. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried and Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey, when you're not hunting birdies on the golf course, you may just want to hunt or shoot. Get some guns and ammo. Yeah, it's what you want. It's also the name of the store. Stop in one of the four locations along the Wasatch Front with Get Some Guns and Ammo stores in Murray, Orem, Layton, and Tooele. A great selection of firearms, an indoor shooting range for rifle, pistols, and shotguns, and Get Some has a large selection of range gun rentals so you can try it 
before you buy it. Beginners are welcome. Come and learn from the experts at Get Some. Guns and Ammo, open seven days a week. You might know Mountain Land Supply for its plumbing products, but did you know Mountain Land Supply also carries landscaping, irrigation supplies, and tools? They can help you design and calculate the exact feet of pipe, sprinkler heads, and nozzles to use for your yard. Using smartphone technology, you can even control your watering with state-of-the-art controllers. For all your landscaping needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir Bruce and Boyd Summerhays Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at Hoops vision.com now back to real golf radio talking golf back when 300 yard drives were big for real here's brian and bob all right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. And as we've been talking, what a U.S. Open it was last week in San Diego at Torrey Pines. And a man that was on the scene for all these events and has been for, gosh, i got to ask him, a couple of decades probably now. Rex Hoggard from Golf Channel joining us right now as a senior golf writer. Rex, how are you, man? couple decades. I don't want to age myself, but it is a couple. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. You've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> Let me just say, though. That one had a lot of stuff going for it. I mean, uh, a leaderboard about an hour and a half before the finish. It looked like, wow, I mean, edge of your seat kind of stuff with the who's who at the top. Did not expect the big... Uh, bowling ball to knock most of them out of the way, and uh, and it comes down to a two horse race. But what what did you make of that? It sure had a lot of excitement. And then Rom with the seventeenth putt on and the hole on on hole seventy first and seventy second uh, hole with the putts he made were unbelievable. Well, to your point, I think with about an hour and a half left, there were ten guys either tied or with a one stroke of the lead, and just not any players. I mean, it was Rory McIlroy, it was Bryson DeChambeau, it was players that we expect to be in this situation. Brooks Koepka. And no, that's not how I thought it was going to play out. And I have to give credit to Torrey Pines. And look, it's going to get beat up. And I don't know that the architecture guys really think it's a very good venue. But after two U.S. Opens, I don't know that you can debate what happened there. I mean, it was absolutely, I mean, perfect, stunning, entertaining, whatever you want to say about it, that it came down to the last two holes. And the winner birdied the last two holes. I don't know if he's an after anymore. And you had all the big names gathered around it. I think it had all the recipes for another really, really good U.S. Open. You know, it's interesting that you you talked about those guys falling by the wayside coming down the back nine. Um, I, I think the graphic was out of the last six groups, 
only John Rahm was able to be par or better. The rest were over par. It's pretty crazy how that all ended up on that back nine. And I kind of equated it to, and I wrote this in my story on Sunday night before I left San Diego, it felt almost like Wingfoot. You know, the Wingfoot that, uh, of course, Bill Mickelson blew and Jeff Ogilvy won. And the fact that it came down to the last hole, and if you go back to Wingfoot, there were five players who, if they only birdied the final, I mean, if they only parred the final hole, they would have won the U.S. Open, and only one of them was able to do it. It was Jeff Ogilvy. And I just, it's, it's a testament to Tory Pines. It's a testament to what the USGA was able to do. I mean, I think to a man, everyone who you asked about that setup said it was very, very difficult, but it was very fair. And you had to execute shots coming down the stretch, and no one did that better than John Rock. Rex Hogger joining us here on Real Golf Radio. I'd love to ask you more about the architecture guys and that whole debate, but we'll see if we have time. I, I want to let's go to Rom. I mean, you know, it since Tiger Woods, it's very rare it seems that the favorite, the consummate favorite, if you will, um, going into that week actually wins. And John Rom seemed to be the very popular favorite, uh, the betting favorite, and all the pundits were say- suggesting. And, you know, even Bob and I talked about how it felt like, you know, he had unfinished business because of the way things happened in the memorial. And, and he, obviously he was playing well and in good form, and he just sort of had this sense, and yet he he was able to do it. How, how impressive is it for a player with the expectations of winning to actually go on to win? I think the expectations, the fact that he was able to pull it off, is, is very, very cool. Because you're right. I mean, no one really does that. Only Tiger Woods in his prime. I'm sure Jack Nicholas in his prime did it. But only the very greats do it. And he was the favorite for all the right reasons. I mean, you look at he won his first PGA Tour event at Torrey Pines. He proposed to his wife on those same cliffs. I mean, he had a very, very close connection to that. But this all goes back to, and, and again, you sit down Sunday night and you try to sort of recap, just sort of write whatever happened. And the part that gets me is we've talked about that finish and how many players, how many top players, how many big names are right there in it until the very end. And everything was happening. It was a bit of a madhouse. It was a bit of a zoo. And the fact that John Rahm was the guy that emerged from this. And let's be honest. I mean, John has had an issue with his anger in the past. He's had a hard time controlling his emotions on the golf course. But in this particular case, when he was put in probably the biggest zoo that you can possibly imagine in major championship golf, he was the calm in the middle of the storm. And he executed every shot he needed to do on 17. The part that really gets me about 18, and talking with his caddy, Adam Hayes, after the fact, it's everyone's going to look at that 18-footer for birdie and sort of compare it to what Tiger did on the 72nd hole, and that's what won in the U.S. Open. And there is something to that. But Adam made the argument that it was actually the bunker shot, that had he been probably two or three years younger and still in that mindset that there's nothing that can beat me and fearless, he probably would have tried to chip that close to the hole and make sure he had a tap in birdie, bringing the water into play. But in this particular case, he knew that, look, I don't need to do this. I don't need to press the issue. Chipped out to 18 feet, executed. I don't know that there's a better way for him to sort of emerge out of this cocoon that everyone's always kind of questioned. Does he have the calmness? Can he get over that, you know, this sort of emotional streak that he has on the golf course? He absolutely did it. Terrific insights. And, and, yeah, it's great, great insights. Uh, maturity level definitely um, was off the charts, especially there. Um, I, I, I like the 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 post-round press conference where he said, you know, I get off the plane and I feel like this is my spot because of everything that's that's gone on there, um, as, as you mentioned. But also, um, you know, we're used to seeing him make big putts. He made that big putt last year. 
uh, in the playoffs against Dustin Johnson, coming down that hill, breaking left or right. Um, and somehow he just seems to calm himself, um, or he did calm himself over those last two holes and make and make um, and execute. And I think that's the biggest thing about it. He's made big putts on that green before. He's made big putts to win tournaments. And uh, and then he made these two big ones. And uh, he was just able to execute. And the maturity showed it like you talked about with that bunker shot. Well, and don't forget about the 60-footer he made for Eagle in 2017 to win his first tour event yeah. at Torrey Pines. And it's funny. Yeah. Even his caddy said that, yeah, by comparison, the two putts, you can't compare the two. He said the one he made for the U.S. Open was by far a more pressure pack because you, you don't expect to make a 60 footer for Eagle. You're trying, you know what you have to do, but in this particular case, it was much, much different. But again, to your point, I, I think it's interesting. Even last week, he talked about someone asked him about maybe some emotion he was showing on the golf course. And he showed a level of frustration that am I ever going to get beyond this? And I don't know that he's beyond it. I think this is just something we've seen it time and time again with players. I'll say Spanish players, but maybe even European players where there is a fire, there is an emotion to what they do on the golf course. And for good or bad, he feeds off of that. It's in the same DNA. You can't take one from the other. And I think in this particular case, he was able to sort of channel that. And in that situation where you would think that he would be under the most pressure to execute it, you have to give all credit to him. Rex Hoggard, Golf Channel, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. It's fun to watch players mature in their career. Uh, so many players with so much talent sometimes don't reach that level. John Rahm has reached that level now. He's a major championship winner, and he has all the talent. He has the power, and he's still very young. Um, I would say, what's the limit? He's already number one in the world. Um, wh- what do you expect now for John Rahm going forward? We talked about this on the podcast just earlier this week, myself and Ryan Lavner, and I don't think it's, we're not stepping out of bounds to say he's going to be a multiple-time major championship winner and however many tour titles are thrown in there, and I would imagine along the way he's going to become one of those Ryder Cup icons that we talk about. The Ian Poulters, even the Seve Balasteras, the Jose Muriel Zabos. I mean, these players, I'm sure eventually when all is said and done, we're probably going to say Rom's name in the same context simply because he has all the marketing, right? Talk about the emotion, talk about how much something means to him. And I'm sure the Ryder Cup is right there with him. I guess where the tipping point was and where we could probably have a debate is the single season Grand Slam. Mm. And that seems to be where you would put it. And I would argue, and I'm not saying he can't do it. I would just put it in the context of Phil Mickelson has had an opportunity over and over again to win the single season Grand Slam. And no one's going to debate whether or not Phil Mickelson is a great player. He is a great player, but he's never crossed that hurdle. And there's only five players who have ever done that. So I don't know if I'm willing to say that quite yet. But, yeah, he's certainly up there as far as multiple majors. So um, let's uh, let's jump to a couple of other players, which were shocking to me. Brooks Kepka bogeying two out of the last three holes. And then um, Bryson DeChambeau, DeChambeau shooting 44 on the back nine. Those had to be startling occurrences, don't you think? I think Brooks was surprising simply because it seems like we were seeing the old Brooks and not just this week, but I'll go back to the PGA championship just a few weeks ago at Kiowa where after all the injuries, after all the dials, after all the noise that's been going on around his career right now, it seems like we saw Brooks doing what Brooks does and that's getting in the contention at major championships. And I would, I would say that, and he, he said this throughout the week this week, he said that throughout the week at Kiowa, his game was not 100%, that he is not 100% back, that he just doesn't have full confidence like he does normally. And I would also say that he continues to put himself into the mix. So I don't know 
that I would send up alarm bells quite yet simply because it's hard to win a major championship. Mm. And you not only have to be very, very good, but you also have to be very lucky. In this particular case, he wasn't very lucky. The bounces didn't go his way coming down the straight stretch late. And it is surprising to see him not get it done, to make two late bro- bogeys. But by that same token, and, and here's the great golf radio conversation, did you know? Did John Rahm win it or did Brooks Koepka lose it? I mm. think most people would come in on the side that John Rahm won that. I don't think Brooks Koepka could have done anything really, realistically, to win it. Now, the surprise for me is Bryson, simply because it seemed to me he was in a position on Sunday to do what he did last year at Wingfoot and to sort of take control of the tournament and to do it with power and to do it the way he does it with his unique brand of golf, and he simply didn't have it. Yeah, interesting. Hey, before we let you go, there's two other players I wanted to throw at you, and uh, and that's obviously Louie. Um, you know, it's it just is remarkable to me that Louis Oosthuizen, with his iconic golf swing, I mean, he's the envy of most golfers, the way he swings the club, and he's not one in the United States. It's just is is baffling. How he doesn't win every week is baffling to me. And, and yet he hung in there and, and ended up a shot short. The other one is Rory McIlroy. We've had this discussion on our show a lot of times, and you've probably debated it with Ryan as well, that, you know, if given that every one of these top players, you know, over the last several years are at their best, um, would you take, who would you take at, all of them at their best? And Bob and I seem to always come down to Rory. Like if Rory's at his best, we, we, we'll take Rory kind of thing. And, and, and I thought that maybe he was finally going to break through and, and, and end that drought. It was there for the taking. So I know those are two kind of loaded players to break down in a short period of time, but just what's your thoughts on Louie and Rory? I'm kind of with you on the idea that when Rory is at his best, if you're asking me to take one, I, I would still take him. I, I'm starting to question that now, and it's really it's just about history. I mean, I think we have all seen Rory do special things on the golf course, and when his game is on, it's hard to imagine how someone else can conjure that type of excellence. Even a Brooks Koepka or a Bryson DeChambeau, or in this case, John Rahm. I'm starting to come off that cliff a little bit because seeing what John Rahm did this week, seeing what Brooks Koepka was able to do this week, go back a few weeks ago to the PGA Championship, I think he's starting to move back into the conversation. And again, Roy will tell you that he's not 100%, that he's still very much a work in progress. Keep in mind, he just made the transition to a new swing coach mm. this year. So I think there's a lot of things that still need to fall into place. Louis is interesting to me because you're right. I mean, if you're going to look at someone's swing on film, anyone's swing on film on the PGA Tour, you're going to point to, to Louis And you're going to say, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. I want that tempo. I, I just want to be in balance. That's absolutely what I want to do. I, I think it really came down to he just didn't make the putts on Sunday. And that's kind of sort of how you would define Louis's career that, if he, he's always going to swing it well, does he make the putt? And in this particular case, he did not. Mm. Yeah, good stuff, Rex. Thanks so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. And you're right. Um, I watch a, I watched, I watched a lot of the petty back-and-forth stuff with architecture guys arguing about Tory Pines. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was a theater that provided some great entertainment for uh, golf's biggest stars, and it's it's two for two. So it's hard to say, you know, hey, we shouldn't take the U.S. Open back to Tory Pines. It was fun to watch. It was impressive. And I'm excited to see what John Rahm has to do in the future. Although, I'm not, as an American golf fan, I'm not real excited excited about what he's going to do at Whistling Straits, which is probably <laughs> which is probably going to be to our detriment. But uh, anyway, great stuff. Great coverage as always, Rex. We sure appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. You got it. Rex Hoggard, Golf Channel, Thanks. joining us here on Real Golf Radio. We'll continue the show next. Building a driver to deliver more speed isn't new. 
The way we're doing it is. We're pushing artificial intelligence to go even further. The new jailbreak AI speed frame is designed to promote faster ball speeds across the face. It's a structural shift in design, delivering performance in a way you've never seen. We're not just building drivers. We're framing the future of speed only in the new Epic Drivers from Callaway. Have you heard? There's an all-new experience coming to St. George, Utah. Black Desert Resort at Entrada is a full community resort experience featuring a resort hotel, private residences, world-class dining and shopping, a Tom Weiskopf designed championship golf course, and so much more. With a simple message of remarkable within reach, Black Desert Resort beckons you to visit and even stay for a lifetime. Exclusive real estate opportunities are available at blackdesertresort.com. Black Desert Resort at Entrada unlike anything you've experienced before. For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported, safe to try something new, and to be prepared for what comes next. We develop their swing, but more importantly, their inner strength. Because we know what's inside doesn't just count, it changes the game. Come join us at First Tee. Visit firsttee.org. I started Folds of Honor above my garage 13 years ago because 90% of spouses and children of killed or disabled U.S. service members receive no federal education assistance. Our mission has never wavered. We honor their sacrifices by educating their legacy. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to you, I will be a construction engineer. An elementary school teacher. Thank you for helping me fulfill my dream of going to med school. We're able to award these scholarships because patriots like you refuse to turn your back on the cost of freedom. Join the Folds of Honor squadron today. Your $13 a month will help ensure we never turn military families away. This is your call to duty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to people like you, I know my dad is not forgotten. Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right, this segment brought to you by Black Desert Resort, the all-new uh, resort, full-service resort in St. George, Utah. Check out blackdesertresort.com. There's a 19-hole championship. Tom Weiskopf designed golf course as well as plenty of residential and uh, you know resort opportunities available down in St. George. Now's the time. Exclusive real estate opportunities available at blackdesertresort.com. All right. Uh, thanks so much to Rex Hoggard for spending some time. Really appreciate his insight. There, He gave us several things to talk about. I, I loved his, you know, him talking about John Rahm and the way 
way that he you know handled the pressure uh, with the way things went down. It was a perfect opportunity for him to hit the panic button, and you know his nature has been to do so, and he he didn't. Um, I also love you know kind of leaving us with some parting thoughts there on on Louis and Rory, but you know the the one thing he brought up, Bob, that he said was a was a perfect sports radio type discussion was whether or not John Ron won that or whether everybody else lost it. And to me, I, I mean, I hear that being talked about, you know, that that's just generic topic around any sport, any particular contest. But in this case, I don't think so. Even though there was a, a ton of collapsing going on, plenty of it, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, most spectacularly with his 77 Sunday, uh, I, I really felt like this was a battle of attrition. John Rahm kept his head. And when you look at the way he played the back nine on Sunday, he was mm-hmm. two under par with those birdies coming at 17 and 18. So it wasn't as if he was falling apart along with everyone else and he just was the um, got the best of the worst. He actually played a solid round of golf in that final round, and uh, he did nothing but win that thing. I don't think there's any backdoor uh, everyone else yeah. lost it all at Jordan Spieth at the Masters a few years ago when Danny Willett won. Yeah, there there was no backdoor on this one um, because he was able to, uh, as you said, make a lot of pars and then get those last two birdies on the last two holes. Um, that's that's the that's the play of a champion, especially down the stretch in the final nine holes when you have a opportunity to win and you're in contention. And that's exactly what he needed to do. The you know the he he drove that ball out of position on the 17th hole in that bunker and was able to get it to 24 feet and make the putt. Uh, he put it out of position on the 18th hole in the in the greenside bunker, played away from the hole, which required a ton of maturity, um, and then relied on his putter on that 18 footer to knock it down and win the golf tournament. Worst case scenario, okay, in his mind is. I'm going to finish at five and I will go into a playoff. That's probably what was going on. Mm -hmm. But with him having the opportunity to make that putt, having almost a very pretty much very similar putt as he had on the whole previous, you know, that would, that was in his mind's eye. It was probably um, exactly what, what he was looking at and what he was thinking. And, uh, and he just, he kept his head still on both those putts, especially the last one. And he buried both of them, and it was pretty awesome to watch. It was there. There was electricity in the air, and I thought it was really exciting. Two of his twenty-eight putts in the final round, Bobby hit eight fairways, and he hit fourteen greens. He kind of right. has a recipe, you know, he, you know. We talked about that recipe Brooks talked about, which we mentioned Johnny Miller, mm-hmm. and you know, you would have to say yep. John Rahm executed that. I mean, he made putts. He hit, you know, a, a good percentage, eight of fourteen. Look, I mean, could you hit more fairways? Sure, but around Torrey Pines, he he managed what he needed to do, and then you know the fourteen of eighteen greens, he actually gave himself an opportunity. And look, with with uh, five birdies and a bogey on the final nine hole on the final eighteen on Sunday around a major championship, mm-hmm. that's pretty stellar. I mean, you go out birdie the first two, and you finish by birdie in the last two. Uh, that's golf in your ball, bud. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, You know, you set the stage right at the get-go to prepare yourself going the rest of the way, and then you you put a capper on it right at the end and take, go out and win this golf tournament and take it away from everybody else. It was pretty awesome. 
All right, let's talk about some of the other players. I mentioned Rory McIlroy, Louis Tazen. I guess, you know, you you heard the the discussion with Rex about, you know, hey, look, if you're going to take them at their best, let's go with Rory. I really felt like Rory and his resume, uh, not only that, but the fact that it's been seven years and he's due, um, I really thought it was going to be him to step up. I was a little surprised yeah. that, that yeah. Rory didn't play better down the stretch. What what can you make of what how Rory uh, performed? Tied for seventh. It's not like he played awful, well, but he tied for seventh. Yeah. 73 yeah. in the final round. Yeah. The two holes that cost him were the 11th and 12th. Once he turned the back nine, uh, the 11th hole, he three-puttered for bogey, and then the 12th, he makes a double bogey. So when, when you put yourself behind by that much just by a couple of bad swings – and a couple of bad putts, then it's then it's pretty difficult for you. Um, however, he did make a birdie coming in, and then uh, you know it was it was too little, too late. The eleventh and twelfth were the holes that really, really hurt him. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you go bogey double, it's gonna you know in a final nine, and then he bogeyed the sixteenth as well. But I think he was pressing at that point yeah. in time. He recognized that. Yeah. You know, he was he was slipping. Um, he only hit six fairways, by the way, so he didn't drive the ball quite as well, and he hit 12 of 18 greens. So, I mean, you talk about it. There's The, the difference is two greens, and you can go, you know, right there on 12 is one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I, I just you, – you, you, it felt like the pressure got to him on, on 12. Yeah. And he wasn't able to perform, and – and and that's I guess it's a little surprising. I uh, that that said, look, let's talk about our favorites. Uh, and and we also talked to this uh, with with Rex. John Rahm was what who everyone felt like was going to win, and he did win. The other guys we talked about: Brooks Kepka finished fourth, Colin Morikawa finished fourth, yep. Xander Schauffele uh, finished seventh, Rory McIlroy. We didn't really put too much stock in Rory, but he's in there at seventh. Patrick Reed was the one we talked about. He finished tied for nineteenth. Um, Bryson DeChambeau is a guy that we, we talked about, but we didn't, none of us picked him. He tied for 26. Phil Mickelson, we wondered how he would do. He tied for 62nd. And, uh, Tony Finau was another guy that actually really liked going into it based on the way he played that golf course and the way he, his right. record in past U.S. Opens. And he went 74, 76, eight over par and missed the cut. So, um, uh, of those players, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you say about those, but I, uh, you can't really fault Xander too much for for being in the top ten. Rory was in the top ten. Morikawa was in the top ten. Yeah. Brooks in the top five. So um, it's just someone's going to win, and everyone else isn't. That that's exactly right. You know, one of the guys that that I really liked going to the beginning of the week was Xander Shoffley from San Diego. Played a lot on Torrey Pines. Um, and Xander, Xander now has, has continues to have a phenomenal record in U.S. Open championships. Um, he's played in five now, and his worst finish is a tie for seventh. Um, and to see him play around a U.S. Open track, a U.S. Open venue, uh, I just think that he's got U.S. Open champion written all over him um, with what he's been able to do so far in, in his first five tries in a U.S. Open championship. So... Um, you know, uh, he's he's going to continue to have great opportunities, but he was one of the ones that I that I really, really liked. Um, I was surprised in Brooks Kepka bogeying two out of the last four holes. Mm. He bogeyed the 16th and, uh, and or two out of the last three he bogeyed 16th and the 18th holes. Um, and when he did that, he went from four. Um, he could have gotten in the clubhouse at five had he made par at 13 and or 16 and then made birdie at 18. Um, and then the, the, the huge shocker to me 
was Bryson DeChambeau shooting 44 on the back nine, eight over par with an eight and a basically a hosel rocket to the right of 17 when he was trying to pitch it on the green. Um, it, just just a shocker to me that he went from where he was and having a chance to win to um, just kind of shooting himself out of it on the back nine. It was surprising, but it felt a little bit like he recognized his chance had passed, and at that point in time, he kind of checked out and and lost concentration. And and boy, I'll tell you what that that goes to show that even those that are highly skilled, without the proper focus right. around a around a golf course set up that that hard, that you're going that's the kind of stuff that's going to happen. There's a snowman waiting for you if you're going to just take it like that. So, hey, also, Bob, Richard Bland, he was our story. He was our darling last week at the midway yeah. point, yeah. and you just kept saying he's not going to be there. He shoots 70-67 and was, you know, sleeping on the lead, and then he goes 77-78 on the weekend, and, you know, he kind of held it yeah. uh, as much as he could on Sunday, but uh, slips into a tie for 50th. Nevertheless, his first major championship in the U.S., hats off to him, and, um, you know, um, it's – it's uh, it's a lesson. I guess it's a, a lesson for a 48-year-old yeah. that he probably didn't necessarily want to yeah. have to learn. <laughs> yeah, he was in rarefied air. You know, he it's only his uh, second um, major championship um, as far as uh, a U.S. Open and playing in a U.S. Open. You, you get in the lead through 36 holes, and, you know, it, it heightened his story. It was great to learn about him, great to hear about him. But he was just – he was in a difficult situation, um, and it was tough for him to perform um, under that type of pressure. The other thing I really liked was, was Phil's comments on – Phil Mickelson's comments on um, the setup of the golf course. Um, he thought in, in the 26 U.S. Opens that he has played, this is probably the best setup he has ever seen in a U.S. Open championship, was happy it was at Torrey Pines. And, and he even went so far as to say he, the USGA made numbers 11 and 12 even more difficult and a hole like number two give you more opportunities for birdie. And that type of setup helps the better players to pick up ground and also to separate themselves from the other players. And, and I, I thought it was really cool the way he, uh, he really praised the USGA for their setup. Well, look, uh, the scores ranged from 67, John Rahm shooting uh, the low score, the tying the low score of the day, to Jimmy mm-hmm. Walker shooting 80 in that final round. So, I mean, 67 to 80 seems like a pretty good course setup, if you ask me. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Thanks for joining us. A couple majors going on this week. We'll touch on that, and we'll welcome in the caddy coming up in hour number two as well. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Hey, when you're not hunting birdies on the golf course, you may just want to hunt or shoot. Get some guns and ammo. Yeah, it's what you want. It's also the name of the store. Stop in one of the four locations along the Wasatch Front with Get Some Guns and Ammo stores in Murray, Orem, Layton, and Tooele. A great selection of firearms. An indoor shooting range for rifle, pistols, and shotguns. And Get Some has a large selection of range gun rentals so you can try it 
before you buy it. Beginners are welcome. Come and learn from the experts at Get Some. Guns and Ammo, open seven days a week. 2020 has been a lesson in the unexpected, but the real estate market has adapted to the new normal. I'm Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio and the Casby Real Estate Group. With trends we've seen and the COVID vaccine, it helps us to make predictions for 2021. So here's what you can expect. Interest rates will continue to be low. Home values and prices will continue to rise for now, and there's going to be more new construction. No one can predict the future. Future, but we have the experience to develop a unique plan just for you. So let's talk. Send an email to Bob at CasbyRealEstate.com. That's Bob at K-A-S-B-Y RealEstate.com. Temperatures are rising, and you know what that means. It's time to turn your water on your sprinklers. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird Golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate the golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir Bruce and Boyd Summerhays Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at hoops vision.com now back to real golf radio with brian and bob welcome back brian and bob right here on real golf radio wrapping up hour number one still to come on the back nine we'll welcome in america's favorite caddy get his take not only on the way the u.s open went down at tory pines but also this greens book uh, ruling, and and we'll talk to him about that. Uh, my special thanks to Rex Hoggard, who joined us here in our number one. All right, a couple other major championships going on this week in Atlanta at the Atlanta Athletic Club. It's the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Nellie Corda headlining, coming off her second win of the season last week at the Meyer LPGA. And Bob, she was uh, taking a look through social media and saw the interview that Bubba Watson did, talking about his conversation yeah. with Matthew Wolf. And at the end of the day, she said, you know what, Bubba, you're right. It's 
just golf. It's golf. And she took that same attitude and it allowed, it freed her up and she went on to pick up a W. So she and her sister Jessica are headlining this week in Atlanta. But that was one of our main uh, topics last week. It was kind of, kind of a cool thing to hit. And then the senior players championship being played at Firestone Country Club. So a couple majors this week. By the way, Phil Mickelson, interesting, is not playing the senior players, instead yeah. playing this week at the Travelers. We'll talk more about it coming up on the back nine. Hour number two next, right here on Real Golf Radio. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The Justice Department is suing the state of Georgia for enacting new election reform laws following the 2020 presidential election and the 2021 Senate runoff election. The DOJ claiming it violates people's right to vote. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland points out the laws come after one of the biggest voter turnouts in the state's history. Approximately two-thirds of eligible voters in the state cast a ballot in the, no- in the November election just over the national average. This is cause for celebration. But then in March of 2021, Georgia's legislature passed SB 202. Many of that law's provisions make it harder for people to vote. At least four people are dead and 159 unaccounted for as the search and rescue operation continues at a Surfside, Florida condo building, USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Alaroot from my great friends at Freedom Fest. Have you ever been to Mount Rushmore in South Dakota? Well, here's your opportunity. This July 21st through 24th, thousands of liberty lovers are headed to South Dakota for the greatest libertarian show on earth, Freedom Fest. This time held at the Rushmore Civic Center in Rapid City, South Dakota, with a record-setting crowd. Here's your chance to make new friends and meet the country's top political and business leaders, authors, and filmmakers in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Some of the star speakers this year, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, Dr. Drew, Larry Elder, U.S. Senator Mike Lee, U.S. Senator Cynthia Loomis, the CEO of Whole Foods, John Mackey, Steve Moore, John Fun, Grover Norquist, Tom Woods, and the infamous pandemic mock trial. Go to FreedomFest.com. Use promo code WAR50 to get $50 off the registration fee. That's FreedomFest.com with promo code WAR50. Fly there, drive there, bike there, RV there, be there. Freedom Fest in South Dakota. Get your tickets now at freedomfest.com. The Senate Minority Leader is reacting to the bipartisan infrastructure deal that was agreed to on Thursday. In one press conference Thursday, President Biden touted a $1.2 billion bipartisan infrastructure bill. Then the president held a second press conference with demands that need to be met. That has soured Senator Mitch McConnell as heard on Fox News. I think we've gone from optimism to pessimism as a result of the president's second press conference. As is, the bipartisan infrastructure bill still needs to clear both houses on the Hill. From the West Coast, USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. Vice President Kamala Harris is in El Paso visiting the border for the first time since being named Border Czar three months ago. The Vice President giving a more detailed briefing later today after touring the El Paso Border Patrol Station. Harris saying she wants to get to the root cause of what's the increase in illegal immigration at the U.S.-Mexico border. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Look, bud. 
I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. The new Edgar Bergenauer with Charlie McCarthy. Now, if you help me, I'll mow you down. Three hours a day, seven days a week of the greatest radio shows of all time. Classic radio theater. Available on many of these radio stations or available on demand anytime at any podcast app by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. The governor of Florida wants to get to the root cause of the collapse of the high-rise condo near Miami Beach. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis saying it's a devastating scene at the site in Surfside. Miami-Dade officials say at least 159 people are unaccounted for after the collapse. The death toll has risen to four. DeSantis telling Fox News... When you're there, you see, for example, they all there was balconies, right, on all these units. The balconies were like stacked one right on top of one another. I mean, it just had it just went straight down and was almost like a pancake. And you look at that and you think that is an unbelievable type of collapse for that to happen. And then as you get closer, you see how some of the units were ripped off the side. There were still some rooms you could actually see in. And if you looked up near the top, there was actually a bunk bed right on the edge in the open air. And you think to yourself, you know, you may have had two kids in bed that night, and then all of a sudden, one in the morning, uh, the earth moves from under them. So it was, uh, I think, a traumatic experience, uh, obviously, for the folks who, who escaped. There's a lot of families. You know, when people are unaccounted for, sometimes that's the hardest thing because they just don't know. And they're obviously bracing for the worst, but they're still hoping for the best. And the search and rescue does go on. Uh, so it's a really difficult situation and um, a real tragedy for our state. More news can be found online at usaradio.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Now, the back nine. Where business gets done. Where majors are won and boys become men. One day you'll get it. Hour number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on the Real Golf Radio Network. Hey, welcome in. It's the back nine. Hour number two of Real Golf Radio as we look back on... Last week's U.S. Open Championship at Torrey Pines, Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. Bob's son of two-time U.S. Open champion Billy Casper and native San Diegan. It was a special week last week for sure. And uh, congratulations to John Rahm, who just put on quite a performance 
held off as everybody else was collapsing around him and emerged as uh, to win his first major championship and to reclaim that number one spot in the world golf ranking. So hats off to John Rahm. Huge victory last week and really entertaining open to, uh, that was played there in San Diego. Bob, I just keep looking back at it and and uh, found myself, you know, really entertained in front of the TV. There, there are uh, some memorable majors where a lot of things have happened. This one was, you know, look, we've been really quite uh, entertained and fortunate the last couple of major championships. I, I would say at the Masters, what Hideki did was was somewhat um, anticlimactic. We talked about it. He was the leader going in, and he didn't falter, and there wasn't a whole lot of charge by the other players. And so, again, not to take anything away from Hideki, but it was – it was fairly locked in and 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 lacked a, a bit of uh, a drama down the stretch, I guess you could say. But you know, uh-huh. Phil obviously yeah. Phil provided the opportunity to you know could could he become the oldest major champion? Could he fail spectacularly like we have seen Phil do so many different times, or would he prevail? And he went on to prevail. That was thrilling. And then to see the way things uh, went down on Sunday at Torrey Pines was right there. It was super entertaining. Yeah, it was uh, 100% entertaining. Uh, it was electric. I mean, I, I couldn't pull myself away uh, from the television wondering when somebody was going to break away from the crowd, um, and it all happened on the back nine, which is which is phenomenal. Now I can't wait for the British Open because we're going to a golf course that is kind of, you know, you, you got you got to have some luck on it, and, and you get a lot of lucky bounces and that kind of thing. So, um, Royal St. George is going to be an interesting test, and it's it's going to be really exciting to me to see who comes out and wins the Open Championship after a year off. Uh, is it going to be Ben Curtis type player? Uh, <laughs> the image of Thomas Bjorn in that bunker, I think, was it 16 or 17? He just kept hitting it out, and it rolled yeah. back in. He hit it out, and it rolled back in. Uh, th- those are some of the uh, images that are imprinted in my mind from Royal St. George's, but uh, we'll see what happens. Also, a couple majors going on this week as well. Atlanta Athletic Club hosting the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. I think of David Toms. I think of Keegan Bradley winning there, and then, of course, Senior Players Championship at Firestone Country Club. So much history so much with Tiger Woods there as well. We'll get into it all next. Thanks for joining us here on the Back Nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir Bruce and Boyd Summerhays Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at Hoops vision.com to get your highest performing tour ball you need to build it with the highest quality to get the highest quality you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints and to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core you need unique 3d x-ray 
That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. ChromeSoft. This ball really does change everything. Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. Have you heard? There's an all-new experience coming to St. George, Utah. Black Desert Resort at Entrada is a full community resort experience featuring a resort hotel, private residences, world-class dining and shopping, a Tom Weiskopf designed championship golf course, and so much more. With a simple message of remarkable within reach, Black Desert Resort beckons you to visit and even stay for a lifetime. Exclusive real estate opportunities are available at blackdesertresort.com. Black Desert Resort at Entrada. Unlike anything you've experienced before. Building a driver to deliver more speed isn't new. The way we're doing it is. We're pushing artificial intelligence to go even further. The new Jailbreak AI speed frame is designed to promote faster ball speeds across the face. It's a structural shift in design, delivering performance in a way you've never seen. We're not just building drivers, we're framing the future of speed. Only in the new Epic Drivers from Callaway. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. And let's hear from the U.S. Open champ, John Rahm. Stayed aggressive. I was still firing at pins, maybe some that I shouldn't have, but uh, I knew I could afford it. And the reason why I could afford it is for all those people that might have doubted the, the manufacturer change, you know, there was a reason why I believed I could get better. And the new ball and the new irons uh, allowed me to hit certain shots that I simply wasn't capable of before. And it showed, you know, some of those wet shots and some of those long shots at eight iron and one. I mean, being able to hit that shot high with spin, but still go through the wind and hit it short of the pin. And many others like that is what allowed me to stay as aggressive. So uh, I need to say a huge thank to that to the team in Callaway. You know, they've, I gave them a headache. I don't know how many putters they've built for me, for me to find the one I needed. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I found the one I need. Uh, this one's working really well. So, Joe, thank you for all the hard work. And uh, we got one, boy. So I guess second one of the year. <laughs> There you go, John Rahm, a little shout-out. And I, I play that. Obviously, Callaway's been a great supporter of Real Golf Radio for many years now. But I, I actually I actually love the fact that uh, players who get paid by manufacturers to play their equipment in their biggest moment actually take the time to thank those sponsors because they do yeah. invest a, a lot into these players. And uh, typically, you know, in golf... It just gets brushed aside. In other sports, they're pretty good at it. In in golf, not as much. And so, anyway, I appreciated what John Rom had to say. A little shout-out there to Joe Toulon, who uh, reps putters for Odyssey out there in Callaway. And, uh, you, you know, he talked about the ball and some of the shots he was able to hit. You know, whether that was an advertisement or, or whether that was a, a straight-up heartfelt comment, felt, uh, it felt real, felt authentic there from John Rom. And all I can mm-hmm. say is, 
having played Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X for, and now Chrome Soft X LS, I've been playing that ball this year uh, for several years. It's 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 fantastic equipment. Callaway makes great equipment, and uh, if you haven't tried the ball specifically, I highly encourage you to do that. And and I love the fact that he made it. You know, talked about <clears throat> making a bunch of putters because. You know, when you're competing at that level, just one little tweak sometimes with the putter, Bob, is what it takes. And obviously, he had a ton of confidence rolling those in there on the 71st and 72nd holes. Well, you know, as a manufacturer's rep, um, I would go out and and work with players, and you you know, you'd you'd change shafts and clubs, uh, whether it's drivers or or whatever. You change things around, and you try to get uh, to where the players were having the opportunity to. Um, to hit the best equipment possible um, or, or the best matchup to them possible for Joe to take all that time with uh, lots and lots and lots of putters. And they're making them up back in the factory and shipping them out and um, getting them into the hands of the players before they play events uh, on a weekly basis. Also to be able to ship them to their homes, uh, to be able to work with them when they're away from competition um, you know, th- that's all part of what's done as a manufacturer's rep out there on tour. And it's a lot of time. It's a lot of uh, exhausting hours to to work with the players and get them what they need. And, and Joe was able to do that. Well, a lot of behind the scenes work is what you're saying there. And it is cool to see, yep. it. you know, th- these players, they have teams around them. There's no doubt about it. And uh, they, you know, I, I love that giving, they give a little credit there, a little shout out um, to, to those that are uh, behind the scenes. All right. Yep. <clears throat> so I mentioned uh, off the top, Bob, uh, you, you were talking about Royal St. George's and what's, uh-huh. what it's going to look like coming up uh, for the, the final major. Then we have the Olympics and then we have the FedEx cup playoffs. Um, by the way, coming up in just a few minutes, we'll, Welcome in America's favorite caddy. We'll get his look back at the U.S. Open and what what took place there on the weekend, as well as some insights to the caddy from the caddy, I should say, on these greens books, which is a big topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we got Royal St. George's coming up. We got the Olympics. We got FedEx Cup. It's all coming down. And then we got Ryder Cup. And at the top of the hour, we mentioned how the Ryder Cup standings were looking. There's still so much golf to be played this season and it's really really exciting uh what what's still to come Uh, there's some players that i'm anxious to see how they respond coming out of this one bob um dustin johnson Mm -hmm. is one that i'm anxious to see a response from tony fino just missed a cut in a major championship after having such a stellar record in the u.s open and the majors uh you know Obviously, Brooks Kepka, you know, had a chance to win. Um, Bryson DeChambeau uh, had a had a Sunday collapse, like I, you know, wouldn't expect to see from him. So, a lot of players to see how they're going to respond following what happened last week. Well, it's you know, it's it's progression, and you keep you keep moving on. You can miss a cut one week and then turn around and win a golf tournament the next week or in a couple of weeks from uh from disappointment of of missing the cut in a in a major or um you know knocking yourself out of the opportunity to win a major so um yeah royal st george is going to be interesting is going to be baked out like we saw it you know um like we've seen it quite a few times or is it going to be a little bit more greener um and, you know a lot of bumps and rolls on that one so it should be pretty interesting to watch and i'm excited to see the uh, the Open Championship, um, and also to see the Ryder Cup. Yeah, well, a lot of good things still to come. All right, uh, we have uh, the caddy coming up next. Uh, we'll we'll spend some time with him talking uh, U.S. Open and talking Greensbook. And again, this is the man 
who founded and designed and brought out the Greens book, and we'll get his take on the PGA Tour banning the use of those. When we continue here on Real Golf Radio. Hey, when you're not hunting birdies on the golf course, you may just want to hunt or shoot. Get some guns and ammo. Yeah, it's what you want. It's also the name of the store. Stop in one of the four locations along the Wasatch Front with Get Some Guns and Ammo stores in Murray, Orem, Layton, and Tooele. A great selection of firearms, an indoor shooting range for rifle, pistols, and shotguns, and Get Some has a large selection of range gun rentals so you can try it before you buy it. Beginners are welcome. Come and learn from the experts at Get Some. Guns and Ammo, open seven days a week. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things i've gone through and it worked i could see instantly and 12 years later i haven't had any issues at all i can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like mike weir bruce and boyd Summerhays, bob casper and me oh and mention real golf radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your lasik procedure do it now at hoops vision.com you might know mountain land supply for its plumbing products but did you know mountain land supply also carries landscaping irrigation supplies and tools they can help you design and calculate the exact feet of pipe sprinkler heads and nozzles to use for your yard using smartphone technology you can even control your watering with state-of-the-art controllers for all your landscaping needs go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio as we continue looking back at last week's U.S. Open and the storylines that were so compelling and the uh, great win by John Rahm. And uh, we're pleased to welcome in our next guest. He joins us each and every week. We just call him America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats. 
And then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, long before somebody else uh, self-proclaimed themselves as America's caddy, we've been having the caddy as America's favorite caddy for almost 20 years. And he joins us right yeah. here. What's up, caddy? Well, caddy's just uh, getting ready to hit some golf balls. So Woo. let's put the show on the That's impressive. <laughs> for a guy that doesn't ever play golf, he's going to hit golf balls. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, good for you. I hope it works well. And you got those new clubs from Ping, so I know you're excited. That's and they, right. Do you still have the iron covers on them, though? I just got to know. No, those are that took a little while, but they're gone. Okay. <laughs> got over it. <laughs> you know, if all you're going to do is hit range balls with them, you probably could keep the iron covers on them because they're probably not yeah. going to get dinged around. You're not in a situation where you might have to hit something out of the rocks, uh, you know, or anything like that, because you're not actually on the golf course. So, um, yeah, you probably could get away with keeping them nice and shiny. So it's a double-decker range, and I'm thinking of bringing the <laughs> shotgun and going upstairs and playing like heat, right? Doing a little trap shooting. Yeah, that, those, like trap. yeah. those are both fun things. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. Are you in Colorado or D.C.? Because that would be a big difference on whether or not you could get away with something like yeah. that. I'm in Maryland, so it's not the right place to wait. Right yeah, place. I wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. Probably wouldn't get No. No, not in the Northeast. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> hey, uh, so, Caddy, um, John Rahm with the win last week. Uh, the leaderboard was stacked with the who's who of today's game. And then just... Wow, the carnage started, and just, I mean, one by one, there just was some crazy things. We had golf balls in the tree. We had golf balls in the in the Stella. We had uh, guys slipping. We had, you know, all we had a snowman. I mean, there was all kinds of things that were going on. Shanks. <laughs> there were some. We had a couple shanks. <laughs> I mean. Rory and, and Bryson. <laughs> I, I, I mean, and then at the end, it's Bryson DeChambeau, or excuse me, John Rahm with uh, birdies, clutch birdies on 17 and 18. You know, to seal the deal and get a, get the shot by or the win by a shot. What what's your overall take as you looked back on the Tory Pines uh, number two U.S. Open? It was a little bit like the current housing situation. Uh, at at the turn, nobody saw this coming on the back nine because everybody was playing well on the front nine, and it was the who's who of the leaderboard. And you're like, man, how good is this going to be? And then. Everybody imploded. Everybody lost the tournament. And John Rahm, how could everybody lose the tournament and John Rahm win the tournament? Because usually someone loses it and you don't win it. But everybody lost it and he won it. So, yeah. It was it was one of my favorite days uh, watching golf on TV ever, maybe. I mean, it was tremendous. There was so much stuff going on. Uh, Interesting, really. and, Bob. And, and, he yeah, answered yeah, both. Yeah, he answered both to that question. Yes. Yeah. He did. We debated that, Caddy, whether John Rahm won it or uh, everybody lost it. And, and you went both. I oh, like it. Yeah. That never happened. And and here's the other thing <laughs> I've heard that no one ever made a birdie putt of any length to win the U.S. Open by a shot. 
So John Rahm might be the first guy. And I was digging back into my brain, and I can't think of a U.S. Open where somebody made a birdie putt of any length to win by a shot. Watson made a birdie on 18, but that was to win by two. But it just doesn't happen. Apparently, if John Rahm has a lengthy putt on the final hole, you better, if you're playing against him, you know one thing, he's going to make it. I mean, wow, Olympia Field, Corey, way back when, when he won his first event, this one. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. Great. Yeah, it was, good. Great it, was, it was great stuff. Um, Phil Mickelson went so far as to say this is probably the best U.S. Open setup that he has ever uh, experienced in his 26 years of playing the U.S. Open. Your thoughts, having made the book, um, seeing what the golf course was going to look like, how you saw it play its, itself out in in the uh, the event of 72 holes. Your thoughts about uh, where the USGA and what they did with the golf course and if it was a, a great um, – if you thought it was a great setup and, and a great venue for this U.S. Open? It'd be hard to argue that the way things played out. Um, basically, they just, it also shows you how difficult a golf course story is just all by itself, you know, with no extra sugar needed, uh, no added sugar. So you, you've got, they basically just firmed it up a little bit grew the rough a little bit and said, come play. They really didn't do anything at all to it except that. And that's pretty cool when you can just change the flag to the U.S. Open flag and go play, and that's what you need. I would say the rough was a little inconsistent in spots. I, I saw some guys able to play some pretty long shots from here and there, and then it was just awful in some spots. But, yeah, you can't expect it to be perfectly consistent everywhere. But, um yeah, the 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 scores weren't the scores were good, just where you'd probably want them. And yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a. What I liked about the setup is is they just didn't alter much. They just said, "Come on and play the golf course. It's a great course. Let's go." And that's I I, I always enjoy that. Well, to your point, it's hard to argue when the two U.S. Opens they've contested at Torrey Pines have given us that much drama and entertainment because at the end of the day, isn't that what it's supposed to do? And all too often the criticism becomes that the USGA tries to be the headline and overshadows the play of the game's best players. And that certainly wasn't the case at either of the U S opens at Torrey Pines. So either there's um, a, a change in, in, in the way they approach U S open setups at that particular golf course, or that particular golf course is simply a great stage for a U.S. Open. Yeah, Tory's just difficult. That's all there is to it. But I will say, though, there, there's definitely a part of me that I feel like if, if, if there aren't a number of guys moaning, groaning, and complaining, then <laughs> it's not really the, quite the U.S. Open I'm hoping for. I want, I want, guys, to, I want guys to be moaning and groaning a little bit. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have pain. pain. Yeah. The mental pain. You want pain. The mental pain. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Trevor. Yeah. Mm. All right. Is that Mr. T? I don't know. Is that Mr. T? That was Mr. T. Oh, okay. Yes, it was from Rocky. Pain. What's I your want pain. 
pain. Yeah. <laughs> Digging deep there, Bob. Um, hey, Caddy, yeah. by the way, uh, according to PGA Tour stats, um, Rom became the fourth player to birdie the 71st and 72nd holes in route to a U.S. Open victory. So it's not exactly what you were saying, but at least there's they give these three additional examples. Ben Hogan in 1953 at Oakmont. So I don't know. Tom Watson. Well, yeah, Jack Nicholas 1980 at Baltusrol, and then Watson 82 at Pebble. So I don't know. I think in 1980, if I'm not mistaken, Nicholas set the scoring record for the U.S. Open, so that probably wasn't close. And then Hogan... He trained, he trained a couple of putts, though, to beat Isaiah Aoki. I think he won by two. I don't think he won That's by correct. that much. Mm. Yep. That's mm. right. All right, there you go. Um. So, well, yeah, Hogan 53 well, at Oakmont. I don't know. Hogan 53? Yeah. He birdied 17 and 18, huh? He did. In the mm. final round to win, he was pretty good. <laughs> that, uh, that Henny, yes, he was. Henny Bogan. Yeah. Well, were, you, were you surprised? Were you pr- surprised? Let me ask it a different way. Who was the biggest surprise to you in falling off the lead um, of those guys that were in contention? You know, Rory and Brooks and Bryson and Xander and all those guys that were in the mix um, that was making that the start of that back nine so exciting? I was a little bit surprised at Brooks' 18th hole. Um, but really, Bryson was the shocker to me because he had gone 30 holes without a bogey, and he just seemed like he had it. And it just it fell apart like, I couldn't believe. I mean, that, that, uh, yeah, you, you just couldn't see that coming. But, um, that's, as Tom Kite would say, that's gas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, at the end of the day, um, John Rahm picks up his first major championship. He reclaims number one in the world, and it looks like sky's the limit. Um, I, I thought Rex Hoggard's comments around the maturity that we saw out of Rom in the midst of all the chaos, he was able to maintain his composure, and that hasn't exactly been his forte so far in his career. So perhaps he has uh, risen to new levels of uh, in his game from a maturity standpoint, certainly now has the experience and the credentials or the CV, as they like to say, across the pond with a major championship in front of his name. Um, so that's that's pretty good stuff by Rom, and I'm sure we'll uh, be seeing a lot out of him uh, going forward. And he reclaims number one in the world. The only time I'm not going to want to see a lot of great golf out of John Rom is coming up at Whistling Straits for the Ryder Cup in a few months' time, and uh, that's... Here, here. Yeah, that's definitely going to be something to look at. But, um, you know, good thing Louis is on the International President's Cup team and not on the European Ryder Cup team, because otherwise it was, you know, it was looking pretty good there. Although maybe Guido, does Guido, does Guido make an appearance in the Ryder Cup? I mean, he, he backdoored he into could. the Masters, by the way, with a tie for fourth. So we're going to have Guido at Augusta. Are we going to get Guido in the Ryder Cup? It'll be interesting. I just want I just want to see Guido at Beth Page next year. <laughs> it's not Beth Page next Guido. year. Hey Guido. Yeah, that's we need to see Guido in New York at a tournament. That's yeah. all. All right. Um yeah, no doubt. Uh yeah. 
Rom, man, Rom, you know what? I'd love to see Rom play great golf at Whistling Straits, and whoever plays against him play a little better. Mm, okay, that's what I. All right, yeah. fair enough. Well, we're gonna talk. We got to take a quick break, Caddy. I, I want to, if you don't, okay, to hold on. Uh, this whole yardage book, uh, Green's book, has continues to be a topic of conversation in golf. As the man who invented it, uh, I, uh, I and produce it. I would like to get your take on that and spend a few minutes. And uh, speaking of Ryder Cup, we were having a little discussion off the air that I think is at least worth throwing out there to our listeners. It's, it's at least something to banter around later today within your foursome as you're playing golf. So we'll continue with the caddy next right here on Real Golf Radio. Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. I started Folds of Honor above my garage 13 years ago because 90% of spouses and children of killed or disabled U.S. service members receive no federal education assistance. Our mission has never wavered. We honor their sacrifices by educating their legacy. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to you, I will be a construction engineer. An elementary school teacher. Thank you for helping me fulfill my dream of going to med school. We're able to award these scholarships because patriots like you refuse to turn your back on the cost of freedom. Join the Folds of Honor squadron today. Your $13 a month will help ensure we never turn military families away. This is your call to duty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to people like you, I know my dad is not forgotten. Those who know love heading to St. George, Utah for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What if there was a Scottsdale-style golf resort in St. George where you can stay and play? And what if you could own your own residence there? Well, now there is. Introducing Black Desert Resort at Entrada. The second and final chapter of the Entrada Vision offers a full community with exceptional amenities from residential villages, hiking trails through preserved lava flows, spa, world-class dining and shopping, and a Tom Weiskopf Championship Golf Course. It's literally an outdoor paradise that will strengthen family bonds and make lifelong memories. That's life at Black Desert. Find out how you can stake your claim at blackdesertresort.com blackdesertresort.com exclusive real estate opportunities are available now black desert resort at entrada unlike anything you've experienced before to get your highest performing tour ball you need to build it with the highest quality to get the highest quality you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints and to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core, you need unique 3D X-ray. That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. ChromeSoft. This ball really does change everything. Now, 
Back to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on Real Golf Radio. Real Golf Radio. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. This segment brought to you by Odyssey, the number one putter for 28 consecutive major championships. Number one again this week at Firestone for the senior players. Number one in Atlanta at Atlanta Athletic Club for the women's KPGA, or excuse me, the K. The KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Easy for me to say. Uh, Check it out. Champions choose Odyssey. Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. All right. We welcome now back uh, America's favorite caddy joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So we're talking Ryder Cup. Yeah. Oh, you're waving your finger. Go ahead, Bob. Well, I was just going to say, before we get too far down the road with Ryder Cup and and, and the Greens books, uh, I just wanted to mention that these are the event. These are the venues for the U.S. Open o- over the next little bit. We've got the Country Club next year at Brookline. We've got L.A. North Country Club in 2023. Pinehurst in 2024, where uh, Payne Stewart won. Of course, we remember that. Oakmont Country Club. Dustin Johnson won there the last time. Shinnecock Hills, where Brooks Kepka won, and then back to Pebble Beach Golf Links, where uh, Gary Woodland won just a few short years ago. So those are future venues for the U.S. Open. Uh, you mentioned Pinehurst and Payne Stewart. I remember Pinehurst for Michael Campbell, but we all have, you know, our oh, own yeah. unique memories. Yeah. Or Martin yeah. Keimer, uh, equally yeah. as not exciting. Yeah, I remember uh, that 99 Payne Stewart. Um, Phil Mickelson finished second. Um, he was in the process. Uh, his wife was in the process of giving birth to their first child. Well, not exactly um, in the process. And, uh, or, yeah. Well, she was in labor. Well, or she was beginning labor. She was so, about to go into yeah. labor. Yeah. So. Yeah. He was yeah. wearing the pager. That was that's the technology yep. uh, time warp that's that correct. you go back in with. There, he was he had a pager. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, but some great venues for U.S. Opens coming up, um, and I'm excited for them. It's going to be cool. Okay. There we go. Um. Let's go again to uh, Ryder Cup discussion. So, Caddy, I, at least throw out your idea because you entertained us before we came on the air today with a little Ryder Cup uh, scenario. So uh, l- let's hear it. Throw it out there. Let's see what our listeners think. Well, I'm just thinking about how nice the guy Steve Stricker is and how difficult it's going to be for him to pick people because that means you have to make the phone call to somebody who's not getting the, the nod, I, mm. I guess, and, it's just going to be difficult, more so for him than probably a lot of people, because he's just such a nice guy. So I came up with a brilliant idea. We have a Ryder Cup qualifying event. Nobody gets picked. You take six through 16 or six through 20 or whatever, and they they go to Whistling Straits, and they play a two-day or whatever qualifier competition to determine who's going to play in the match. Mm. That's what I'm Mm. Yeah, mm. I love it. Made for teeth. So I don't know. You can't. I don't know if you can go to twenty though. Can you go to twenty? I don't know what you get. Well, you probably go to what sixteen. How about we go with this? How about six through twelve are automatic invites, yeah. and then Stricker gets to pick six or four captains uh, selections to compete. So you have a total no, of ten. No. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. No pick. Yes. No. That way. That way. He gets to be the nice guy because he invited him. Because let's say if you know you have a guy like uh, Jordan Spieth or Ricky right Fowler or somebody that's not quite in the top twelve. Right off the list. Right off. You got to go off the list. We're eliminating. We're going right off the list. 
All right, it's your story. Okay, so the list right the list right now is I Dustin Johnson, Bryson, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and Xander Shoffley. That's the list. That's the go. that's the top six. That's a pretty strong list right there. What do you mean the top six? That's the bottom six. No. That's the automatic qualifiers. Oh, those are the autos. Okay. All right. Sorry. Well, those are the autos. Okay. Well, give me so the six the through next, 12s. Yeah. Okay. So seven, seven through 12, we have Patrick Reed, Patrick Cantley, Tony Finau, Jordan Speed, Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, and um, that's 12. Harris English is 13. Scotty Schiffler is 14. Billy Horschel is 15. Okay. Boom. Cut it off right there. So you got, what, nine for six? I could get behind that. Yeah, nine for six spots. That's pretty impressive. Top 12 on the list just right there by itself. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing nothing weird in that top 12. Hmm. All right. I'd like to see there's a lot of good players right there. I'll tell you what. That's like an Oreo concrete at Culver's. You can't go wrong with it. (laughs) Oh, Look at him dropping that. There's a backstory to that, but we're gonna let it. We're gonna let it go. Oh my gosh! Okay, caddy. Thanks for that. Oh, that's that's sorry. That one's staying as an insider. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, look. You, the other the other idea that the caddy threw out to us. Uh, so that would be interesting. The other one was actually making one spot available for an open competition, similar to how these players. You know, anyone could try yeah. to qualify for the U.S. Open. Yeah, or the Monday Ryder qualify Cup for the PGA spotter. Tour. You got one spot. One spot. Ryder Cup one spotter. <laughs> yep, open to all. No handicap, just tee it up. Big qualifier. You start. You start. You started by saying how much would we charge? How much would people pay for the opportunity to qualify yeah. for a Ryder Cup spot? Yeah, what's the sweet spot on that entry fee? Five thousand, maybe you get a, you get what three thousand people if you put up five grand for it, right? It's going to be crazy, crazy. All the proceeds go to say the caddy. I think the artist bookmakers <laughs> who are lose half their business. That's what that's what the pros. Hey, you know what? That's a good segue <laughs> because since you're going yes, to be losing is. business from your greens books becoming you know illegal suddenly, then you can now this you can get make it up by proceeds in the qualifier. I I, I think there would be people you you would have guys pay five grand for the chance to qualify into the Ryder Cup. No oh, question. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would there, be interesting. There'd be a number. Of- how many guys would pay? Yeah. How many guys would pay fifty for a chance to qualify? I think that's a little steep. And you get to play well, if you, at if Whistling you, Straits. If you limited it only to tour players. Oh well, nobody's going to pay for that. Oh, I don't know. That's an investment that has a great return if you ding it right. I mean, that's exactly that right. Team. Yep, that's a big return right there. And I thought so. they played for free. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we'll throw that around. That that might have been better a little bit off the cuff than than the than the setup we did there, but nonetheless, it would be it is an interesting concept. All right, Caddy, we got about 5 minutes left. Uh tell us about this yardage or the Greens book. Um why it came to be and why it is now being ruled illegal and what's your thoughts on it as the one who designed it? The reason the Greensbook came along. I, I was 
looking at all the yardage books, I was trying to figure what can I do to figure out a way to help my player get another shot somewhere. And the yardage book pretty much covered most everything, and there just didn't seem to be a lot of room there. So I kept saying, you know, you watch a pro hit a putt, and it goes the opposite way that he thought it was going to go on. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could uh, help the guy just learn how to read greens better? So that was the uh, the basic birth of, of of the greens books was thinking that okay, how can we do that? And anyway, um, yeah, the first one the first one I put into use was in two thousand four at at Shinnecock at the U.S. Open. My, my player was in the second to last group on Sunday. That mm-hmm. week. Although I can't really say the green book had anything to do with that because it was very primitive. Um, we started putting them out on tour around 2008. And so they've been around for a long time. Um, but there's all kinds of, yeah, there's, there's certain, certainly a lot of controversy about it. I figured out a solution though. If they, if they ban the green book, I'm just going to call it the yellow book and then we'll be fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I just—that's—that's that's why I make the big money. I think I think outside the box. Wait, wait. Yeah. There we go. Sorry, that deserved that. Yeah. Thanks. You know, it's interesting. A lot of players, a couple of players, um, Rory McIlroy and some of the others, they basically said that one of the skills that you have to have as, or that you should have as a professional golfer, is the ability to read greens without, um, without necessarily seeing it. Um, on a greens book, so to speak. Um, your thoughts regarding that? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple things uh, you can comment on with that, and and, and that is, um, it, it, should you rely on your own skill to read a green? Well, not you, you can't. I guess we got to stop asking Caddy to help us or hire a Caddy who can read greens for us to to keep that consistent. Mm. But you could also then argue, well. That's a, that's different. I, I I just want my caddy to also rely on his talents, natural skills, etc. Um, if you want to argue that that should be maintained in golf, then we definitely got to get rid of the yardage books first, because judging distance is way more difficult than reading a green. And I mean that that skill is completely out out the window now, and it's been that way for a long time. So if you really if it's a if it's a question of, oh, we should use our own skills to judge something, then we, we really should get rid of the yardage books first um, would be an argument there. But uh, the reason no one thinks of, of that is because that's just been around and been normal forever, and you just take that for granted. But really, it's, it's the same thing as the green book. So um, that's one argument, one, one direction. I can tell you that... Um, not not everybody uses them, um, so you could you could use that to say, well, if not everybody uses them, then are they really that valuable? Because why wouldn't everybody use them if they were that big an advantage? So you could argue yeah. that. Uh, you could argue. You know, I like throwing a trick question to everybody. I say, well, how much do you think they speed up play? Because I think people think they slow down play. Um, I know a number of people who think they speed up play, and I don't think it's ever been studied. Um, and it doesn't really matter. If, you could also argue, well, it doesn't matter whether something speeds up or slow down play because there are rules for pace of play. 
And if you enforce them, then nothing can slow down play if you enforce the rules. But the reality is a lot of times those rules aren't really enforced very strictly for lots of reasons, I think. And um, so it's valid to say, oh, maybe it slows down play or maybe I don't like the way it looks. You know, but then there's guys who write notes in their books about how putts break and they consult those and they've been looking at those forever. So are you going to take that away too? Are you going to say you can't open a book at all, open up a book at all when you get on a green? So what you realize after a while is that the USDA struggled this for, for looking at what to do about this for a couple of years. And they, I think they, they kept looking at all the problems that made it difficult to, to outlaw them. Um, so to speak, because there's just too many things that people have done forever that would have to be outlawed as well. So will the tour have the same difficulty coming up with something? I don't know. They, I mean, you could simply just say you can't open up a book when you're on a green and that kind of does it. But as a caddy, we open up books to look at tomorrow's pin placement and write down notes. And we write down how far the ball landed and flew and ran out as our notes and it'd be tough to not be able to do that anymore. So not being able to consult a book when you get on a green would be difficult. You could go honor system and say, well, you can open up your book, but you can't use it to read a putt. You could just go honor system on it. But anyway, it's a complicated issue. Um, and I don't really know what the majority feeling is about it. Although I, I tend, I tend to think that, there's probably a lot of guys who might say, I use one because I have to because I feel if I don't, I'm at a disadvantage, but I wish they weren't really around at all. I think there's a, you know, quite a few guys who would have that sentiment about them. Hmm. Interesting. It definitely makes I was a different animal when I caddied with a green foot versus not. I was very, very much more confident reading a green with the green foot. Um, it's hard to to be – nobody can come up with a, a quantitative measure of their effect because not everybody uses them. And a lot of guys – a lot of – most guys, which might surprise people, most guys use the green book to look at their – to set up their approach shot and not to read green anyway. That's mostly mm. what they're used for. They're, they're mostly not used to read greens. So – that's, um, I, I think, now again, that's my opinion, but I've heard that from lots of guys. Mm. When I say that, they're like, yeah, that's true. I, I do probably use it more on a pro shot. So. All right, there you go. That's the guy that made the yardage books, uh, makes the yardage books, and has come up with the greens books. So just, just real quick, in your, in your estimation, um, and I guess the answer would be yes, because that's why you made them, but do they give the players that understand how to read them an advantage? Uh. If you really know what you're doing with, I, I like to equate it this way. If you know how to fly an F-22, you're going to do a lot more damage than you're going to do driving a car. Or you're going to get from here to there faster. But if you don't know how to fly it, you're probably going to hurt yourself more. Mm. So I think that's why not all the guys use them. Um, there's a lot that goes in. And this is so good. I'm, I'm literally sitting in the car getting ready to hit some golf balls. And I just watched the guy from the upper deck of this range just wing his driver as hard as he could right down the range. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
That's pretty good. I haven't seen that in a while. I wonder if he's yeah. going to go get it. Well, he's got to go down. I mean, it's going to take a It's crowded, too. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, Candy, anyway, we're at uh, we're yeah. out of time, bud. Uh, but that's good insight. I think this will continue to be a conversation. And as listeners, if you have questions about the Greens book, hit us up uh, on Twitter at Real Golf. Uh, we also have at the Caddy, where uh, you know the Caddy refuses to tweet actively, but we do tag him, and we'll look for questions there as well. If you want to find out more about these Greens books and have questions about it, so Caddy, thanks so much, man. Enjoy, um, enjoy hitting golf balls, and make sure you got plenty of stick them so you don't lose that new driver yes and uh, i'll just let brooks and bryson just uh, do all my tweeting for me so anyway <laughs> thank you gentlemen fair enough there you go that's the caddy right here on real golf radio we'll wrap up the show next thanks for joining us brian and bob on real golf radio Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. Hotel Park City, along with the Spa and Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, are open. Parents were tired, forced into homeschooling, juggling work at home and kids at home. Well, take a staycation and escape to Hotel Park City. The pool's open, fitness center, bandanas grill, Ruth's Chris, the spa, and the golf course. From suites and the cottages that offer private hot tubs on the balcony and three fireplaces, you got to get away. To Hotel Park City, call 435 940 5077. That's 435 940 5077 for reservations today. 2020 has been a lesson in the unexpected, but the real estate market has adapted to the new normal. I'm Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio and the Casby Real Estate Group. With trends we've seen and the COVID vaccine, it helps us to make predictions for 2021. So here's what you can expect. Interest rates will continue to be low. Home values and prices will continue to rise for now. And there's going to be more new construction. No one can predict the future, but we have the experience to develop a unique plan just for you. So let's talk. Send an email to Bob at Casby com. That's Bob at K-A-S-B-Y realestate.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. Temperatures are rising, and you know what that means. It's time to turn your water on your sprinklers. 
Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird Golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate the golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right, thanks again to Rex Hoggard, who joined us from Golf Channel in hour number one. The caddy spending some time with us here on hour number two. Really appreciate all of you for tuning in. The Travelers continues this weekend. The Senior Players Championship at Firestone Country Club and KPMG Women's PGA Championship at Atlanta Athletic Club uh, should be a great weekend in golf, following up what was an impressive weekend at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines last week. Bob it's, uh, it's going to be one to remember with John Rahm picking up his first major championship. Well, it is, and um, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see where he goes from now um, and what he's able to do because he puts himself in contention a lot, and he's got to be one that, that we're going to be picking. He's number one again in the world, and he's Spain's first winner of the U.S. Open. Congrats to John Rahm. Thanks for tuning in. For Dave and Bob, I'm Brian. We'll see you next week. Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. A special news and update station you control. That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk.